When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Thanks for downloading the free and ad-supported version of Cubs Pod, which is actually three daily Cubs podcasts smashed into one episode. But Cubs Pod is actually a daily Cubs podcast, which is released every single day during the Cubs season on our Patreon page, completely ad-free at patreon.com slash sunranto. In fact, you'll get all Sunranto shows early and ad-free on our private premium RSS feed. Plus, you'll get access to our private Discord group where we host game watches and Cubs fan chats with the Super Ranters. Join us for as little as $1 at patreon.com slash sunranto. Please support independent Cubs media like us, and subscribe at patreon.com slash sunranto. We can't do it without you. Thank you. And enjoy this version that is ad-supported of Cubs Pod. Welcome to Cubs Pod, a Bleacher Bunch production on the Fans First Network, your daily dose of digestible Cubs content. I'm your host, Danny Rocket, and I'm here to tell you what's happening right now in the world of the Chicago Cubs on May 20th, 2023. The game hang did it again. That's right, we hung out on the Discord with the Super Ranters last night, and the Cubs won again. It's just what they do when we do that. They won 10-1 to this time. They hadn't won for an entire week since May the 12th, where we did the exact same thing. We had a hangout in the Discord. We all cheered on the Cubs together, and they won. Coincidence? Absolutely not. So 
Apparently, we have to have game hangs every single day. And my new job is making the Cubs win by hanging out with you. But seriously, that was a lot of fun. We're definitely going to do at one next week at some point. Um, it, it's especially fun when they're on the road because uh, we get a few more night games. We can hang out a little bit with each other, have a beer or a beverage of choice, and enjoy each other's company. But what a fun game that was last night. The Cubs beat the Phillies 10-1. to Ernie's grave is getting a button back today. Congratulations to you, ghost of Ernie Banks. Um, yeah, just a just a lot of fun. Cubs got out to a pretty good start off of Ranger Suarez, who only lasted two innings in this game. Um, they had a single and a walk in the first inning. There were already two outs, though. Uh, could not cash it in, but the table was set for what turned out to be a pretty good onslaught in the next inning. Um the Phillies actually got the first run of the game. That is the one in the 10-1 to one final. But, uh, yeah, a single, a double, and a Castellano sacrifice fly, which Saya dropped the ball on the transfer of uh, that got the Phillies their first run. That was a preview of Saya actually dropping the ball later in the fourth inning. That time he just plum missed it. Um hit off the tip of his glove. I don't know if it's a focus issue with him or what's going on, but seemed you got to clean that up. I mean, after watching Jason Hayward, who rarely did something like that uh, out there in right field for years and years and years, I was promised a little bit more. I was promised a little bit more with Seiya Suzuki, especially from a defensive standpoint, but He's still learning the the league, and uh, he's still learning the stadiums, but this was just a fly ball right to you, bro. The Cubs got that single run right back in the, spot in the, in the second inning when Mancini singled, Gomes singled, Morell walked, which is super rare, then Madrigal uh, singled, in Gomes and Mancini, Horner, who just came back from his first game off the IL, doubled them both in. Then Dansby walked. Suarez then struck out the side. <laughs> and that was it for him. Then they took him out of the game, and Jeff Hoffman came in. At the end of that, the Cubs had put up four runs in the second inning, and it was now 4-1, to one, and there was no looking back. Um Defensively, uh, Ian Happ made a really nice play out in left field, a little sliding catch, and he almost doubled the runner off of first, which, you know, I give him a lot of crap for his kind of mediocre arm, but, and this was no real, no different, but it was an accurate throw that was kind of like, we used to call it in Little League the lollipop, because it went, I don't know why, because lollipops aren't really shaped this way, although they are circular, circular, that they, they would go up and down. We would just call that a lollipop for some reason, maybe because of the curve of the top of a lollipop. And uh, that's pretty much what much what happened. But it got to first base in a hurry. He almost double off the runner. So great to see Ian Happ uh, proving his gold gloveness out there. Former Cub Eric Wellman came in in the top of the fifth, replacing Jeff Hoffman. Uh, Seiya Suzuki promptly doubled, making up for his Absolutely horrible play out there in right field, dropping a baseball and also dropping another baseball, except for on the transfer, at least 
the other one was an out. But uh, man, Bisaya's bat's coming alive. You know, he's almost batting three hundred now. Uh, he's got an eight eighty one OPS because he's hitting doubles. He had those couple of dongs. Uh, well, three in a row, really. And uh, just he's looking good. I think he's back, except for now the fielding's bad. Is this just what we have to deal with? Like if the bad is good, then the the fielding's bad. Because I'm I'm not gonna accept that. Say I believe I believe you can do it. But Miles Mastroboni then was in in well I guess it does make some sense. I was gonna say inexplicably brought into this game to DH for wisdom or to pinch hit for wisdom. Who was the DH? And he walked, so it worked out uh, in in kind of what you're doing there. But I mean, I don't know. I just don't like that. Like, I just don't like how that works. I know the game's four to one. You're trying to win. You're on a five game skid. You're gonna do everything you can. You're gonna play it like it's a tie game. And then you know, with our bullpen, it might as well be a tie game if it's only four to one. But it's just weird to see Miles Mastroboni playing the matchups in the fifth inning. And messing with your DH spot, you know, I mean, whatever. Wisdom was over for 2. It worked out. Mastroboni walked. Mervis then came in for Mancini, and he struck out, but uh, there was a double steal with uh, Mastroboni and Saya, and they ended up on second and third. Uh, at that point, uh, Jan Gomes sack flied, scoring... Say a Suzuki, and then Christopher Morrell hit a, like a little chopper over to Trey Turner, who plum missed it. Uh, he thought he had time to get Morrell, probably didn't because it was deep in the hole. But he just plum missed the ball, and Mastroboni scored. Morrell ended up at second base uh, because the ball kind of deflected uh, over into left field, and Schwarber was nowhere near at the at the ball at that point. So he ended up on second base. Really good to see. Um, Nick Madrigal then walked and then Nico Horner with his second double of the game scored Nick Madrigal and uh, also Christopher Morrell. And now it is eight to one Cubs. The inning ended on a challenged Call at first base. Uh, the call was overturned. Dansby Swanson grounded out. He was out, not safe. And 8-1 to one Cubs at this point. Things looking really good here in the fifth inning. Then um, Stroh, I haven't really mentioned him because he kept cruising all the way through six innings. 88 pitches. Uh, six Six innings only. I thought he could maybe go back out there. But yeah, an off day yesterday. Uh, I mean, I know you've been using the bullpen a lot. Maybe it's just good to, to to keep him out there. I mean, at least see what happens. But at the same time, you, I just, why isn't Stroh pitching seven innings? At 88 pitches, at least throw him back out there and see what happens. Um, I, I'm just saying, like, any, just take those innings off the bullpen. If you can, why even chance it? Because, honestly, I don't believe I, I eight to one. Sure, I guess. But look at the Phillies lineup. They've got a lot of bash in there. You really it's been working for Stroman. Granted, that could come off the rails at any point. You want him to leave with the lead like this and not with a good taste in his mouth. But he's not a freaking rookie. Just leave him out there for the freaking seventh inning. 
You know, I don't know if he can do it in 12 pitches, but he's a pitch-to-contact guy. He could do it in three pitches maybe with the free swing in Philly's offense. You know, I'm just saying. Like, it didn't really make a lot of sense why you take him out of this game except for reasons. But he ended up his day with one run, came in the first inning, only three hits, two walks, and four strikeouts. So great day for Stroh. Just thought it could have gone, gone a little bit longer. But who did come into this game for Strowman was Julian Merriweather, who went one, two, three, four, five, six with two strikeouts. So he took two innings. So I guess that's good. But now, of course, he's probably unavailable. Not that that's a bad thing because Julian Merriweather is not that great. We did get to see old friend Craig Kimbrell come in and strike out the side. Uh, Hap Saya and Master Boney in the eighth inning could not touch him. And then uh, the Hey, maybe uh, if the Phillies are underperforming, we have a little reunion. I'm not saying Craig Kimbrell's good, but we know who he is. We fixed him. He had an incredible ERA when we traded him. He hasn't been good since then. Maybe he just misses us, and he comes back and wins the World Series with the Chicago Cubs. Doubt that's going to happen, but hey, Phillies are struggling. That was their fifth straight loss, and it was handed to them by a team who has been struggling in the Chicago Cubs. But the Cubs were not done scoring in the ninth with Matt Mervis aboard, who walked, by the way, and that's really good to see because he he struck out a couple times in this game up until this point, and uh, he's been striking out a lot, frankly, and probably too much to even be on the team. But he walked, and that's what needs to happen in this situation uh, because they are not going to throw him a single strike until he proves to all the pitchers that he will not swing at a ball. So he walked. So I'm happy with that. A Mervis walk is almost as good as a home run for me right now. Um, Although I'd, of course, rather see a home run. But I did see a home run right after Mervis walked when Christopher Morrell hit his sixth home run of the year. This dude's just on fire. Fire, he has six home runs already on the year. He has about a third, he has less than a third of wisdoms at bats on the year and has half the home run. So if you extrapolate that out to like even Patrick Wisdom's playing time, uh, which you can't really do, but he would have 18 home runs already. Dude just came up ready to mash. And if you, and if you look at, I think it was yesterday that he walked um, in the game. Maybe it was it. No, it was the day before that it was because I made some comments about, ooh, the rare Christopher Morrell base on balls. But if, but once again, same as Mervis, uh, Morrell did walk in this game and he walked in, uh, he walked in the other game too. So if he's walking, once again, you're not throwing him junk. Uh, because he will hit it. And this home run actually came on an off-speed pitch that was not a strike. It was low and inside, and he went down and he got it, and he golfed it out of the park. So just incredible. I know Philly's a band box, but, man, is Christopher Morrell my favorite player. Haven't felt like this about a player since Blue Friday, really. Then it was garbage time for the Phillies. Roger Clemens' son came in, and... He's an infielder and not a pitcher, so he was in there throwing some EFIS pitches. The ump called everything a strike, 
did not take after his father when it came to pitching. It was his father was probably embarrassing. It looked like beer league softball out there. I mean, this ball talk about a lollipop. That thing was going up and down, up and down. And uh, <laughs> I mean, Madrigal walked. There was a single. I mean, they Cubs didn't actually not get any. Did they? I don't think they got any runs off of the of Roger Clemens' son. No, he. Gave up the hit and the walk, but no run scored. And his ERA is now 540. So apparently he pitched earlier in this season. He's their emergency guy, probably just because he's Roger Clemens' son. Nick Birdie came in for the Cubs in the ninth and made his wife proud for working those two jobs by throwing the hardest pitch by a Cub since 2016. He was dialing it up over 100 this is all I've been asking for as a closer. Is Nick Birdie the guy? I don't know, but I want some high-end dialed-up gas at the end of my bullpen, and that's what we got last night. It was great to see. He did give up a walk, though, so it wasn't completely clean. It wasn't a dominant performance, but it was exciting. Uh, Kyle Schwarber did hit a foul ball very, very far off of him. That ball's coming in pretty darn straight. But 101 is 101, so we'll take it, and we'll take the win, and Ernie Banks will take his button back. I will head over there in a little bit, and I will put a button on the grave of Ernie Banks. Thank you, Cubs, for winning. Thank you, Ernie, for demanding back a button. Let's get another one today. Um... I I like our chances just because of the way that the series started. Phillies did use six pitchers and an infielder to get through the game. We had three hits from Nico. Nico, you go. You go, Nico. Um, he's a spark plug at the top of the lineup. We had a really rough week with Nico being back in the lineup. It's quite possible that we could go on a little run and get some of those games back that we lost during this last week in the standings and get back to 500 where this team will end up. <laughs> but you got to get to 500 somewhere and somehow. Uh, who had a bad game? Uh, Hap struck out three times, but he also had a hit. That's pretty much it as far as bad game. Everybody else contributed. Uh, Patrick Wisdom did not contribute. But um, he only had two at-bats. So he might have contributed later on in the game. But they took him out when the righties came in. Today, Jamison Taylon at Tyone. He is 0-2 with a 6.66 earned run average on the year. Aaron Nola is going out there for the Phillies. He's 3-3 with a 4.53 on the season. And I can't say that uh, Aaron Nola is as scary a pitcher this year as he has been in the past. With that 453, his ERA a run higher, off to a slow start. Philly's off to a slow start. They did lose Reese Hopkins. I don't know what that has to do with it. But, hey, Phillies, they had a good run at the end of the year last year. They weren't doing anything, and then they ended up in the World Series. So we'll see what happens here. Jamison Tile, tail on. He uh, was not good last time. He went out there against Houston, Houston, 4.2 innings, seven hits, four runs, one walk, only one strikeout. 
ERA went up to that devilish 666. He has not been good since coming back from his injury. Three runs in three innings, four runs in 2.2 innings against St. Louis of all teams. And uh, the two starts, and he's had one good start on the year. And he only went five innings of two-hit baseball against the Dodgers. Great, it's the Dodgers. That's great. I get my tip my cap, but um, Taylon was signed for four years. So this has got to get better. And so we got to root for that to get better. We can't boo this guy out of town because he's going to be here. Against the Phillies against him, Schwarber's got a home run, but is only batting 200. So that tracks. Trey Turner's seen him 12 times. He's two for 12. And uh, Bryce Harper is three for nine. The only home runs from Jake Cave, which that's a that's a cool name. That's a real cool Jake Cave. It sounds like Jake Cave at large. I mean, he's either a uh, a porn star or a, a detective. Jake Cave or a baseball player. So he's got a home run off of him. Overall, the Phillies have uh, 68 at-bats, which is almost nice. Are batting 235, 297 OBP, 397 slug for a 694 OPS. So they don't do that well against him. So that is good news for Cubs fans. Aaron Nola, who's going out there for the Phillies, he has not been as good this year as he was last year. He gave up four runs the last time he went out there in Colorado, and uh, but he did manage to go seven innings. He gave up two runs against Toronto through six. He gave up four runs against the Dodgers through 6.1. It's been a rough May for him, I'd say. Uh, he did have an eight-inning uh, one run uh, game against Houston in Houston. Um, so he's still a good pitcher. He just hasn't worked out for him lately. He's got his ERA up there in the mid fours this year. A lot of that might come from an opening day start where he gave up five runs through 3.2. So that could even out at some point. That's a season high. So, but still, you know, four runs through six innings. Not quite, not quite quality for Aaron quite yet. And then you look at uh, the Cubs against him. Dansby Swanson with 59 plate appearances against him, having both spent all that time in the NL East. But he doesn't do all that well. He's only got one home run in those 59 plate appearances. He's batting 218, 271 OP, OBP, 617 OPS overall. Not great. Jan Gomes, however, has two home runs off of Aaron Nola, and he's 6 for 19, 965 OPS. Christopher Morrell also has a home run because, of course, he does. <laughs> That's his hit in his two at-bats against him. And uh, it was a three-run shot as well. Uh, Cody Bellinger has seen him quite a bit, but only batting 125. Oh, well, he's hurt, though, so... He doesn't have to go out there and face him. And Tucker Barnhart should not appear in this game, at least against Aaron Nola, because he is 0 for 11. Hap is 0 for 9. Not great. Mancini's 0 for 5. I mean, overall, it's not good. 178, 225, 302 is the slash line. That's a 527 OPS and 138 plate appearances. 
But maybe that's not the Aaron Nola of this year. If you go to this game, you can buy yourself a special ticket and get yourself a Phillies Army Green jersey. Um, Don't know. Oh, it's sold out. So I guess you can't do that. Sorry, Cubs fans. You can't promote the Phillies and the Army at the same time. Uh, I do want to mention that there will be a Sun Ranto show on Sunday night, May 21st at 8 p.m. Uh, also, probably the following Sunday, we're kind of messing with the schedule right now because I'm having a little surgery on Wednesday on my sinuses. So, unfortunately, they have an infection. It won't go away. So, surgery is the next thing that they do. But, you know, these things happen. We are humans and things go wrong, unfortunately. Fortunately, though, they went well for the Cubs last night. Things went right. Let's get them again today. The game's at 3 p.m. Central Time. And I'm looking forward to hanging out over on the Discord on the uh, shank list, talking about this one. And hopefully that's enough fandom to push the Cubs to another victory. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Enjoy your Saturday. Spagog. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All over Chicagoland, there are thirsty, frazzled, overworked Cubs podcasters who are struggling to survive one more baseball season in the dog-eat-dog world of unpaid content creation. But it doesn't have to be this way. You can make a difference. Become a super ranter at patreon.com sunranto where your support ensures that poor, sad, pathetic, ugly, loser Cubs podcasters can pay for tickets and beer and in turn line the pockets of the baseball agarch Ricketts family. Just $1 a month can buy a scorecard. $5 a month can pay for guitar strings to write a Cubs song. And $10 a month almost buys one beer at Wrigley Field. Cubs content creators are the lowest pieces of pond scum garbage that slither over the face of this planet. But super ranters help them get drunk and screw off at baseball games. What do you get out of it? The Sun Ranto Show, delivered to your podcatcher without stupid advertisements like the one you're seeing and hearing right now. 
Plus, at other Super Ranter levels, you can get Cubs music, access to private Sun Ranto pages, the Ranter calendar, and special thanks and Ranter recognition in our live broadcasts. Plus, eligibility for monthly prizes. What does Sun Ranto get out of it? Your money. For tickets and beer. Go to patreon.com slash sunranto. That's patreon.com slash sunranto. And become a super ranter today. It is May 21st, 2023. And this is Cubs Pod, your daily dose of Cubs content brought to you by me, Michael Cotton, on a Bleacher Bunch production for the Fans First Network. This is going to be a fairly short one because, good lord, what were they doing yesterday? Uh, there's not much really to talk about because this game was over in the first inning. The Cubs went 1-2-3 versus Aaron Nola. And then the Phillies got their opportunity to face off against Jamison Tyone. Jamison Tyone has not been very good this year. Uh, I remember a few weeks ago, they were talking about how they lured him to the Cubs by telling him they were going to fix the way that he pitched a little bit. They were talking about some landing points with his stride, stuff like that, right? Uh, well, he hurt his groin, and ever since then, he really hasn't been very good. I have no way of knowing if those two things are connected in any way, but landing point has to do with where your feet are and your leg work and stuff like that on the mound, a groin happens you know you get a groin pull when you're doing weird things with your legs sometimes for me it was uh lunge squatch that's what got me the one time i did it lunge squat kind of looks a little bit like uh when you're pitching and you step way out in front and you kneel down a little bit i don't know okay it's totally different i'm just trying to put myself in you know like the same category as a major league pitcher which that's about as close as I can get. Anyway, since he's been back, uh, he hasn't been great. I don't know if that groin is still maybe nagging a little bit. I don't know if the experiment on where he lands and stuff is not going well, if he's still working on things. Whatever it is, Jamison Tyone is not the pitcher the Cubs were hoping to get at this moment. He's not even the pitcher. Like, Yes, the I don't know. He's he's struggling really bad. There's just something going on. I don't know. And that really badness was on display in the first inning. Bryson Stott started off with a single. And then Nick Castellanos, you'll remember him. He used to play for the Cubs. He got a single. Bryce Harper, you'll remember him. The Cubs could have had him. Uh, all they had to do was pay. He would have loved to play at Wrigley, but uh, nope, they didn't. Um, but yeah, he got a walk. JT Real Mewtwo popped out to Dansby Swanson on an infield fly rule, which is good because that means Dansby doesn't even have to catch it, right? You just let that thing drop. Like, I don't know. 
And then uh, Kyle Schwarber. Oh, you'll remember him. Uh, he was actually on the Cubs as well. And they let him walk for nothing. They got nothing for him. They said he was worth nothing. They wouldn't pay him, you know, the extra. I think it was going to be, you know, $2 million or whatever. I don't know. They just didn't want the guy. And, uh, yeah, he's a really good ball player sometimes, you know. So, uh, yeah, he hit a grand slam. Yes. The bases loaded and he, I mean, crushed a ball. That ball, it. It looked like it was going to make the third deck. It came up a little short, and I'm going to blame the wind. But yeah, we there were there were three guys that scored on that one hit that were all connected to the Cubs at some point in some way. Yes, I know the Bryce Harper thing is a bit of a stretch, but ugh, the Cubs could have spent the money and gotten him, but they were not ready to have a an outfielder and a hitter that was as good as him, I guess. But if you were keeping track, Real Muto was the only out in that inning so far. Uh, Cubs were down 4 nothing. Alec Bohm reached on an error from Patrick Wisdom over there at third. I don't hate Patrick Wisdom at third at all. I think he's actually, he's a serviceable third baseman, but you know what? He's not like a superstar third baseman. And sometimes you're going to get eaten up by some of these balls. And he did in that instance. And then, uh, Roger Clemens son, Cody Clemens, uh, he went to center field. Oh, not just the center field beyond center field with a home run. And now the Cubs were down six to nothing. And that's really all there was for the rest of the game. I mean, they were down 6 nothing, and it broke them. They could not hit against Aaron Nola. Uh, but you know what? The Phillies could still hit against every other Cubs pitcher that went out there. Uh, Tyone stuck around through the second, went into the third. Uh, he walked Kyle Schwarber. Alec Bohm got a single. Uh, he And then Cody Clemens walked, and it was it was time. It was time to pull the guy. It might have even been too late, but it was definitely time right then. The only signs of life for this team, for the Cubs at least, uh, was um, Christopher Morrell and Dansby Swanson. In the sixth inning, Christopher Morrell doubled because Christopher Morrell just hits. He hits and he hits and he hits. And then uh, Dansby Swanson hit a home run out and brought them both in. So the Cubs were finally on the board at this point. I think it was two to 10 and, uh, that doesn't even, that doesn't even count as a fake rally at that point in the eighth inning, Christopher Morrell had another opportunity to hit and he made the most of it because that's what he does. He hits, he hits and he hits and he hits. Like I said before, and he, uh, he hit a home run to center field, 406 feet, I think, something like that. And uh, now he has seven home runs in his first 10 games of this season. Numbers not seen by the Cubs since Gabby Hartnett back in 1925. And other amazing stats just like that. The only other thing that was kind of positive for the Cubs in this is that Matt Mervis got another hit. After a little bit of a struggle coming in, he's now up over 200 batting average. So that's something. 
The Phillies finally beat the Cubs for the first time since 2021. Because if you will remember, the Cubs swept the season series from the Phillies last year, won yesterday. I think it was seven straight games the Cubs had beat the Phillies. And the Phillies broke their own like five-game losing streak because teams that are not doing well kind of tend to break out of it against the Cubs. Uh, We did get to see a little bit more of Eric Estrada's love child. He entered into the fifth to get out of that inning, and he did it on one pitch. Got JT Real Muto to line out to Morrell. And then he came in in the sixth. He struck out Kyle Schwarber. He struck out Alec Bohm. He walked Brandon Marsh, who, by the way, looks like he lives in a marsh. He's why is his hair always wet? That's it's, ugh, it's disgusting. Uh, and then he struck out Cody Clements. Um, three Ks in one inning. That's uh, that's what you call pretty good. I don't know what Jeremiah Estrada needs to do to get a little more playing time, but I was, you know, it was good to see him yesterday come in and do some good stuff. Uh, let's hope he gets a little more action and doesn't get sent back down for whatever reasons. Okay, let's talk about today's game. It will happen at 1235 Chicago Standard Time. Uh, it will be Justin Steele versus Taiwan Walker. Uh, Taiwan Walker is three and two. He's got a 6.53 ERA and only 39 strikeouts. So, you know, eight. The Cubs may be able to make a little noise against him. Uh, Gomes has seen him the most. Eleven at bats. He's hitting 273. No home runs though. Uh, none of the Cubs have home runs. Wisdom is hitting 250. Swanson's hitting 250. Suzuki 333. Mancini hitting 605 at bats. Uh, I don't know. There's not much to say because they, you know, nobody's really seen him a ton, and nobody's hit a home run. But Christopher Morell is on this team, and uh, he's one for two versus Walker. So he'll get another chance today, and maybe one of those will be a home run because. He's pretty good at doing that. Justin Steele is 6-1 with a 2.44 ERA. He's got 47 strikeouts. He throws two pitches and the truth. Nick Castellanos has seen him the most with 11 at-bats. Nick is hitting 364, and he has a home run versus Steele. Uh, Kyle Schwarber also has a home run. Uh, his only hit in five tries against Steele was a dong. Beyond that, there is very little to go on. If you would like to go to this game, it will be in the mid-70s and sunny. It's going to be a great day for day baseball. Uh, and if you have a child under 14 years old, you could get a Fanatic children's book. So that's the big promotion for the day is the Philly Fanatic children's book. And I uh, have to assume he's going to read it to your 14-year-old if they need that. But that's it. Hopefully the Cubs can bounce back today from, you know, I mean, 
run differential, right? I mean, they are exactly where they're supposed to be. They won a game by nine. They lost a game by nine. And according to the great baseball statistician Pythagoras, they should be one and one in this series. And guess what? They are. So, rubber match today. Let's hope the Cubs can pull it out. Which I just realized is a weird thing to say when I also said rubber match. But you you get it. You understand what I'm saying, right? Whatever. I gotta get out of here. Spugog! With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Stuff. Hey, Cubs fans, at Amazon.com, do you buy lots of stuff? Why not support the Sun Ranto Show by shopping through sunranto.com slash stuff? All you gotta do is fill your cart at Amazon with lots of stuff. Then before you check out with all of that wonderful stuff, head on over to sunranto.com slash and click any of our links before you buy your stuff. Check out like you normally would with all that beautiful stuff. And the Sun Ranto Show will get a small kickback because of the stuff you bought. And you'll be helping in the Sun Ranto Show buy all the stuff. We need to stay on the air talking about the Cubs and other stuff. Plus you could win a monthly prize if some of your is chosen for Amazon Stuff. of the month. And if you win, we'll send you more. Stuff. Sunranto.com slash That address again is sunranto.com slash the Welcome to Cubs Pod, a Bleacher Bunch production on the Fans First Network, your daily dose of digestible Cubs content. I'm your host, Danny Rocket, here to tell you what's happening right now in the world of the Chicago Cubs on May 22nd, 2023. If you watched the Sunranto show last night, you already kind of know what happened in this game. The Cubs lost their seventh game of the road trip, um, having only won two. And this one was, I wouldn't call it a heartbreaker, but they were definitely in this game and could have won it and lost. Um, it wasn't one of those games where they snatched uh, defeat from the jaws of victory, but they did end up um, losing two to one in this one. Um, Cubs had three lousy hits. Uh, off Taiwan Walker, who managed to bring his ERA under six for the, <laughs> so you know he's getting right, of course, against this Cubs team. I'm not going to go through uh, the basically play by play of this game, um, really, because 
frankly, nothing happened. It was nothing, nothing for most of the game um, up until the seventh inning. And um, but I will tell you how it got to be just a two-one affair. Uh, Seiya Suzuki struck out three times. Dansby Swanson and uh, Morell and Suzuki had the only hits of the game. Uh, Morell was a solo shot in the ninth inning. It was the only extra base hit the Cubs had. They did manage six walks, two from Mike Tockman, who was batting ahead of Morell. Uh, but Morell did not manage to hit a home run when Tockman was on base, unfortunately, uh, partly because he got picked off <laughs> once. In fact, Dansby got picked off, too. So they were trying to scratch out runs by dancing off the base, and it didn't work out for him. Alzali lost the game. It was his first loss of the year. He gave up a two-run homer to Bryson Stott, who was pinch hitting at the time, uh, obviously with a runner on, because uh, Alzali gave up two doubles. Luckily, one was after the home run, and so otherwise it would have been 3-1. to one, And, oh, our run differential would have taken just a slice more of a hit. Uh, the Cubs did have a, a bit of a rally going in the sixth. They had Horner and Swanson on with only one out, but Hap flied out and Saya struck out, so he didn't get his hit in the right order either. Defensively... I guess Suzuki threw out Castellanos, who was never really all that fast. At least he doesn't look fast. They were mentioning on the broadcast that he has okay speed, but it doesn't look like he has okay speed. And either way, he was out. Suzuki threw the ball to Mastroboni. And that's right, Miles Mastroboni was in this game. A lot of people I saw, and everybody has a problem with the lineups all the time, but here's what you had uh, the other day. Um, Horner, Swanson, Hap, Suzuki. And then this is where it starts getting your head your head starts getting scratched. After Say Suzuki, Mike Tockman. Now, granted, he took two walks in front of Morell. So that I guess worked out, except for that it didn't work out. You know, it, all the pieces were in place to have it work out, but it didn't. Um Morell then uh was after Tockman. Then Mervis, who really just hasn't been hitting, he went over two in this game. In fact, uh, Mancini pinch hit for him once uh, they they wanted to you know turn him around. Uh, well, not you don't turn the pitcher around, but you know what I mean, like lefty righty righty lefty. The Cubs do a lot of that, even maybe when it doesn't make sense. It almost feels like you have to do it because the splits line up for that, and it might not be the right move all the time. It's just something that kind of interests me. But then Miles Mastroboni batting one eighty two. Playing third base. I mean, meanwhile, you've got, I mean, they have got Christopher freaking Morell. I, I don't, I just don't understand it. it Christopher Morell's the DH, which I don't hate, but, you know, Master Boney in there for wisdom. I mean, I just, I guess he's on the team. You play him, but, you know, you haven't won any games. You've, you've got two wins on the, the entire road trip. You're, in this game, it's it's nothing, nothing for the whole thing. And maybe if you don't have a getaway day lineup out there in the first place, you can make something happen and score some runs. But Tucker Barnhart was in this game too. And I know that Jan Gomes isn't going to catch every single day. But like it, the fact of the matter is our, our players are not good enough. And let me tell you what happened in that third base spot. They're using it. 
like musical chairs over there because it went from Mastroboni, the lefty. So they were trying to get lefties out there in the beginning. I get that. Then they turn it around. Madrigal then comes out to pinch hit. And then Wisdom made the last out of the game as the pinch hitter for that. So, you know, you've got 93 third baseman or so you think. So I guess you just musical chairs that down in the eighth spot. And you can keep playing matchups to try to get somebody on before the heavy hitters come up at the top of the order. So I get the I kind of am seeing the the sense to what they're doing, but the lineup order is I mean, I don't know what you don't want Barnhart in there at all. You know, like he's batting two hundred. You don't want Mastroboni in there at all. He's batting one eighty two. So you come into this game with two guys hitting two hundred or below, uh and if count Mervis in there too, because he's only batting 208. So the, the bottom three of this lineup is just a total black hole. And in the end, they used one, two, three, four, five, six players for the bottom three of the lineup <laughs> throughout this game. Musical chairs. They're just using everybody, and none of it worked out. So maybe just you don't have any good players. I'm seeing. A lot of OPSs in the fives, except for Patrick Wisdom, who granted he's streaky, he's come back down to earth, but he only had one at bat in this game, and he's batting, and he's got an OPS of 868, far 300 points higher than uh, Madrigal, 350 points higher than Mastroboni, who started in front of him. Um, he's uh, 200 points higher than Mancini. He's 300 points higher than Matt Mervis. He's 350 points higher than Tucker Barnhart. And yet he only got the one at bat in this game out of all these spots. So, so yeah, you lose these games. Like, that's three innings of automatic outs throughout the game. That's all I'm saying. So even if your Morel does hit a double, which he didn't, he just hit the home run. But even if there's no one to drive him in. There's no one to drive anybody in at the bottom of this lineup if Suzuki gets on or even if Talkman gets on, and he did, and nothing happened from it. So to me, it's like you can blame Lossie all you want, but for these margin games, this was yet another one-run loss. I think we're now 2-10 and 10 or something like that in one-run one games. That's your season right there. And so and that's kind of – it's got to be the, the personnel. The players just aren't good enough. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Uh, yeah, so Alzali lost this one. Uh, I think I mentioned he had a pitch timer violation and gave up the two-run homer to Bryson Stott before I went on my little rant about the lineup. Um, Four hits, but so much for being the closer. One walk, six strikeouts. Because that's the one everybody's like, well, they just put Alzali out there at the end. And I know a lot of people feel that way. I think he's got great stuff. We don't know if he could close. And in this game, he couldn't because... Nobody you know, is shut down. Damn, not like he's not the guy. You either. know, you see so Craig Kimbrough Brandon Hughes. Strikes out the first he came in, got two strikeouts, gave up a walk Morrell to Schwarber, and then the got run. taken out of the game. You know, then he lost to Grant Bellossi was now still that's trying Craig to win Kimbrough, the thing. You know, he's, and he's got then it, he threw out Jeremiah Estrada, probably begrudgingly, to get just one out. He was hoping he wouldn't have to use his secret weapon righty, which he refuses to unveil, which is why he's secret. Yeah, so Jeremiah Estrada got in this game. Did his job, got the out that he was asked to get. Um, Cubs did have a you know chance in the ninth. Uh, Suzuki and Talkman struck out to start it from uh, 
from uh, our, our old closer, Kimbrell. And then uh, Morell hit the home run. Mancini walks. And then Wisdom, who got the one at bat, he, he popped out to end it. And that was that was your ball game. Not uh, not great. Just you're not going to score runs and you're not going to win the game. So that's how that rolls. So after a couple of blowouts, one uh, from the Cubs beating the Phillies, uh, blew them out on Friday night and then Saturday night, the, they blew us out. Then we got ourselves a, a little pitcher's duel and we came up on the wrong side yet once again of it. So sad stuff. And now uh, another tough team who's kind of surging comes to town. They've won five in a row, the New York Mets. We talked all about it on Sunranto last night with Uncle Mike. That was a lot of fun. Love that guy. We've been working together for a long time. So uh, in this first game, Kodai Senga. I, I must uh, also mention that today is an off day. Two off days with, within the week with only a three-game series in between. Really weird. Whoever makes the schedule is an idiot. Kodai Sanga is going to go out there Tuesday night at 6.40 p.m. where the weather is looking beautiful for Tuesday night. I'll be at this game with a couple of friends, and uh, I'm excited to see the ghost fork from Kodai Sanga. In fact, this is the marquee matchup. Kodai Sanga, 4-2 and with a 3.77, and he's going to go up against Drew Smiley, who's 4-1 and with a 2.86 and a whip of 0.934. Uh, Kodai's is a little higher, 1.442. In fact, like that 377, his FIP's a little higher, about a half a run higher. So maybe he's not as good as you would think, but he did strike out 12 Tampa Bay Rays in a win the last time he pitched. So that ghost fork was working for him. He has now 55 strikeouts in only 43 innings. So look for the Cubs to uh, strike out a lot. He's He is a uh, righty, so uh, we're going to have a – whatever lefties we have will be in there. So you might be looking at the old Mastroboni situation. Hey, hey, maybe even Alex Rios, actually. We see the ghost of Alex Rios in this game. I w- would be shocked because I, I guess <laughs> – I think David Ross doesn't know who he is. He's like, who's this – Who's this guy in the uniform? Is he is he a giant bat boy? Like, what's going on here? So, yeah, Kodai Senga, I, I already mentioned he struck out 12 rays. We got our work cut out for him, for uh, for us. And then uh, Drew Smiley, oh, the Cubs have never faced him either. So th- that is either good or bad, probably bad. So uh, Drew Smiley, uh, last time he went out there against Houston, he was great. Eight strikeouts and in six innings, one run, no walks, and only four hits, and uh, brought his ERA uh, down under three. He was at 305, now at 286. And um, he's been good, really, every single outing except the first outing of the year. He has not given up more than two runs since April 3rd. He started the year with an 1157 ERA. It is now 286. So... Just, I mean, we're lucky to have him. And that's why this is the marquee matchup. The Mets might be excited to face Drew Smiley, though. They've got an 827 OPS overall in 125 plate appearances. Eduardo Escobar has four home runs against him. He's batting 571, 625, slugging 1,500 for an OPS of 
2.125. So I would put your money on him, uh, unfortunately, for the Cubs fans. Lindor does quite well, too. Five for 15. Uh, no homers, though. Pete Alonso has a home run because he has a home run against everybody. He leads the major leagues in homers. Uh, Tom Nito has a home run. So does Tommy Pham has a dog. I'm not sure if all these guys are on the team right now, but it's just what baseball reference is showing me. And um, the only one that really stinks against him is Mark Canha. He was only one for 12. Anyone, anybody, and Jeff McNeil is 0 for 5, but he does have a couple of walks. But overall, yeah, they do quite well against him. Um, some of these stats actually are a little skewed because there's pitchers in here, like Max Scherzer is 0 for 2, and... Carlos Carrasco has at bats as well. So yeah, it's not uh it doesn't look good on paper this particular matchup, but Smiley's done so well and um Cubs are back at Wrigley, maybe a little home cooking. I could see that uh, working out for us. Lo- I love watching the Mets. I I kind of miss the the Mets. I used to go to a lot of Mets games. So it's kind of fun to for me to see what's going on with them, uh, being in New York for 18 years, I did catch a lot of games out there. I even managed to cheer for them a little bit, and uh, so I'm, I like to see what's going on with them. And they're they're such a different team than the Cubs. He's spending 260 million dollars on on really a 500 ball club so far, but you know you gotta think that's gonna be better. They're 25 and 23 coming into this one. They they are on a five game winning streak. But let's take a look around the major leagues as we do on a Monday morning here on Cubs Pod. So let's start with the NL East. In fact, uh, Mets are five games back of Atlanta. They won five straight. Um, Atlanta is four and six in their last 10 and leads the pack at 29 and 17. Then you have Miami at 24 and 23, a game over. Philadelphia, not too far behind, having won a couple against the Cubs, getting right they are only seven games back in the standings. Um, I could see them making a move at some point and making it interesting. And then Washington at 20 and 27. They have the same amount of wins as the Chicago Cubs, yet they are in last place. They have one more loss. NL Central, where the Cubs lay their, their heads at night. Milwaukee leads the pack at 25 and 21. They would be in second place in any other division in baseball except for the AL Central where they would be tied with the Twins. Pittsburgh hanging in there, although 3 and 7 in their last 10 and having lost two straight, they are 24 and 22 and just a game out of first. St. Louis has leapfrogged over the Cubs. Unfortunately, I can't laugh about that like I did just last week. 21 and 27 now, still six games under. They're eight and two in their last 10, which in the Central buys you a lot of games and a lot of real estate. They've won two straight, though. Um, Cubs then 20 and 26. And nipping at their heels are the Cincinnati Reds who come into town this weekend. So in order to stay out of the basement, we're going to have to beat them this weekend handily. Uh, They have lost four straight. In the NL West, the Dodgers lead the pack 29 and 19. They are, uh, well, they've got 
they're not the best team in the in the NL right now. That belongs to Atlanta. They're second best. They've got a 604 winning percentage right now. Uh, then followed by Arizona, only a game and a half out. Surprise there. San Francisco then is at now ahead of the Padres, 22 and 24, and the Padres 21 and 26, two and eight in their last ten. Just what is going on with that team? That top of the league payroll just bought all the guys that you would want on your team and just can't put it together. It's crazy. Colorado is then in last place, 19 and 28. Their season is over. Sorry, Chris Bryant, you chose wrong. They are not going to be building a team around you. And if they were to build a team around you, it'd probably be in some hospital because that's where you usually are. Uh, AL East, 34 and 14, Tampa Bay Rays, still the best team in baseball, 708 winning percentage, although 5 and 5 in the last 10. Run differential of 124. Baltimore, shockingly, 31 and 16. They would be in first place in any other division than the AL East. Yankees have come up off the bottom, winning four straight, eight and ten, eight and two in their last ten, 29 and 20 now. Then you have Boston five games over, and then Toronto eight and a half back, 25 and 22. Uh, they would be in first place in the AL Central and in the NL Central, yet in the AL East, they are in last place. They're not, they're not even getting a wild card. <laughs> so not not uh the AL East, what a powerhouse. Just I'm glad we're not in, in that division. The Central, which is a division I kind of wish we were in the AL Central, because uh we actually have a similar shot at the playoffs right now. But uh they actually the AL Central is a little worse than the NL Central. Minnesota leaves the pack at twenty-five and twenty-two, and then everybody else is under five hundred. Detroit, four games under. Cleveland, six games under. The White Sox, 10 games under. And uh, Kansas City, only 14 wins, 14 and 34. Second worst team in baseball next to the A's. Not great, KC. Give us your Aroldis Chapman. AL West, 29 and 17 uh, is good enough for the Texas Rangers to be in first place. Houston, two games back with 27 wins. Then it comes the Angels. It comes the Angels. Then comes the Angels. 25 and 23. Seattle, two games under, 22 and 24. And the worst team in baseball by far, well, not even by far, four games, uh, as the Oakland A's, 10 and 38. They already have a run differential of negative 168. I will say this about, though, about them. Uh, Six of their 10 wins have come against teams that are above 500. <laughs> Do with that what you will. Uh, they are uh, equally bad home and away. <laughs> They've won five games at home and five games away. Just absolutely brutal season for them. Just insane. Uh, I would like to also point out that the Cubs, they, they are sl- only slightly better at home. They've had tough uh, trouble on the road. They're 9-15 and 15 on the road. And uh, they're also 9-16 and 16 against teams above 500. 
And that's only three games better than the freaking <laughs> Oakland A's. So, anyhow. And the Oakland A's have played a lot more teams above 500. The Cubs have only played 25 games uh, uh, against teams above 500. The A's, 35. So, yeah, not great. Not great, kids. Not great. Um, let's get on a run. That's all I can say. Hope you enjoyed your Cubs pod. Going a little long. A lot of content out of the Sunranto show. It's how we be. Two and a half hours of straight, unadulterated content here on the channel. Hope you all have an absolutely wonderful day. Michael gets you on Wednesday, actually, because of the off day. We'll be off tomorrow. Spagog.